had much to say. But man, I still think them cats are quick. They were asking if you were around. How you was, where you could be found. I told them you were living downtown. Driving all the old men crazy. Welcome back to Coach and Kernan Podcast Network. I'm Dave D'Agostino, and I'm joined by my Hall of Fame co-host, Kevin Kernan. Our other co-host, Colorado Rockies scout and lifetime baseball man, Will George, and our favorite performance coach, Sal Marinello. Guys, welcome back to the show. It's episode 91. We had a little layoff there for the holiday to give everybody a, a refresh and uh, develop some new partners over the break, uh, but, but glad to be back with you guys. Great to be back. That was the only downside of the holidays that we took a break. We took a yeah. break, yeah. Back, back in the rhythm now. Uh, before we get going, I want before we get going with with Kevin Sox, I great articles over the break and and a great coverage of what was going on in, in Major League Baseball. But I want to give a shout out to some of our listeners. Uh, we've had two young men uh, are in our New Zealand contingency with the under eighteen baseball team. Uh, they're in the World Championships right now, trying to win the Oceania region. James Matthews uh, and Harry Carmichael, shortstop and a catcher, and Coach Marty Grant. They listen to our show. They feed it through their pipeline. Their entire New Zealand system is big fans of what we do. But they just upset number 10 in the world, Australia, uh, yesterday. And they beat Guam the day before. Now they're in the championship round to earn a right to go for the first time to the U18 World Championships for the Oceania region. So want to give them a shout out. And uh, also one of, our, one of our favorite guests we had, uh, Jeff Schaefer. Had a great camp this past weekend. Uh, he's part of the National Team Identification Series. He's over the Southeast region for USA Baseball. He's up in the Charlotte region. Uh, runs a great program up there. We had him on. and We replayed his episode. He had Trent Mongero up there, who does the infield development for USA Baseball programs. Phenomenal, phenomenal infield coach. Uh, played for the Braves system. Legendary high school coach. But uh, they had invited my son Tanner up to take part in that National Team Identification Series. And what a phenomenal two days. Uh, as I told Will before the show, very similar to our, our we're going to have our catching guest on after the holiday, uh, Tom Griffin up there, Carson Newman, two great guys, two great teachers are really taking in uh, my son to kind of show him the way. So I want to give them shouts out uh, before we get going here. Um, but uh, Kevin, great articles uh, over the break. Of course, you're, one of, you're my favorite read. You're my only read nowadays. I know I'm going to get the truth from you. And I think I clung to it because of your absence in, in my communicative world over the last two weeks. But uh, a lot of stuff going on with MLB, a lot of stuff going on with Deion Sanders, Heisman trophies, NFL settling in. Um, what caught your eye over the time we were off? Yeah, it's good to be back. Uh, a, a lot caught my eye. Baseball's obviously gone insane. You know, the money they're spending, I get it on certain players. You got to get judged back. But it's really hilarious. Uh, if you step back and look at it, these GMs, and I, I'm, I'm grouping most of them together. There's very few creative ones. Uh, the creative ones usually make it to the World Series. But other than that, these guys, I'm telling you right now, I've been saying it for a long time. And my last article, um, uh, Fantasy GMs, I, I, I titled it, um, because they're basically fantasy geeks just playing fantasy baseball with other people's money. It's a joke. It's a joke what's going on in baseball. I mean, a little small example with the Yankees. Okay. God bless Aaron Judge. He gets that unbelievable contract. But if the Yankees had come to him in 2018, and and it would have been a great contract back then, like $100 million, you know, uh, Cashman would have saved $200 million, You know, uh, they have no vision. 
They have no plan. They all talk about having a conveyor belt of talent coming through. They, they, you know, they sell the owners on that and it never happens. It, it very rarely happens. You know, I've said it, uh, and I'm really, I'm, I'm really honest about this. I think Jim Crane is the best GM in baseball, the owner of the Astros, because he, he, he knows what he's doing. And, it's really going to come back and hurt the fan down the road because the price of everything is going to go through the roof. It's already gone through the roof, the streaming, this, that, and everything. Um, and by the way, I have a solution to that for a lot of fans. I brought something new the past two weeks, cut the cord. We'll get on that later in the show or another show. I don't want to waste time on it. So my main point is it's great for baseball to have – you know, to be paying these guys, but at what cost down the road, at what cost uh, to the fan. And it's really, I, I got an unbelievable response. A lot of baseball people reached out to me, development, scouting, um, former GMs, those kind of people. And and A.J. Preller, it seems like the uh, the Padres just changed, you know. It, it's, it's, it's like the scene from the... Uh, uh, the natural where, you know, the, the crazy woman just looks from the whammer and looks over at, uh, all of a sudden goes and looks at Robert Redford, the natural, uh, when he strikes out the whammer, you know, they just change. Like, they, they, what's the plan? You know, who, who's the star? We're going to have five different stars. They're going to give that money con- to Aaron Judge and they don't, they don't, they don't court him. They don't do anything when he becomes a free agent. It's, it's one big clown show. A lot of crazy things going on. Uh, in some ways, the same Ivy League guys that are running the country into the ground in a lot of cases are running baseball into the ground. So I'm really on the soapbox today, but that, that's the main thing that I want to talk about. Now, the guys can bring up anything they want, but that, that's my, my one thought. Kevin, what do you see as the end game with, with the money that's being spent and ultimately people, you know, if, if – if the uh, res- uh, if the revenue streams start to sh- dry up or people get sick of it or they're not going to pay, do you see that being a problem or are or, or fans just going to continue to pay exorbitant prices? Well, I think what's going to happen first, Sal, is the uh, – it, it all depends on the RSNs, the regional sports networks. And I think uh, they're, they're going to – I think they're going to – at some point – they're going to be underwater. I think I really believe that I could be wrong. I mean, maybe people just keep spending, you know, everybody's staying in the house anyway, you know, nobody goes out anymore, you know, uh, it, quick story. And, and it, you guys will love this. So I'm on the beach yesterday, taking my walk. It was a little chilly. It was 65 late in the afternoon. Um, 12 mile per hour wind in town, which means 15 to 20 on the beach. A couple passes me. And I'm going to play Guess the State. So you guys got that? We're going to play a little new game I invented called Guess the State. Did they and have designer masks? Both have ma- masks on. Nobody on the beach. Nobody. You know, maybe 15 people over a four-mile stretch. Both have masks on. And they get into their – I have to say – they get into their super maxed out uh, Mercedes uh, van, you know, that's probably costs – you know, 150 grand or whatever, because uh, it was super maxed out. Guess, and, New York and, and New nobody buy it with mask on. Uh, guess what state they were from? New uh, Jersey. One guess, one guess. I'm New saying Jersey. Got to be New York. 
New York. No, nope, and if you, and once I tell you, you'll say, "Oh yeah, okay." Massachusetts. Massachusetts. Oh, there you you nailed it there. Yeah, the well, nailed it. The scout nailed it, and uh, were yeah. they recharging their backstyle Mercedes while they were on the beach? Well, of course they parked illegally too. Yeah, you know? it's like. Uh, I was maybe I was in a little bad mood yesterday, but then you, you know we have signs all over. It's a state beach, and you don't have dogs, right? You can't allow dogs on the state beach. Below the pier, your dogs can go run wild. They can do whatever they want. Every block, the, the town does an unbelievable job. I really have to commend St. Augustine Beach. Every block has a, a little post with doggy bags in there where you can pick them up, and there's garbage cans everywhere. Every block. So another another couple comes up with a, a dog and their kid and and it says on the long pier the pier the, the the boardwalk that walks out there is hundreds and hundreds of yards it says in the beginning and at the end no pets on beach so of course they get their dog so now now i'm being ambs you know america's most beloved sports writer which is ironic by the way you know i, I you know that's why i'm that I can't resist. So I finish my coffee before I go on the beach and they come walk storming by walking by. I say, Hey, by the way, you know, there's no dogs on the beach. Oh, really? We didn't know that. I said, I guess you didn't see the sign back there. Because there's no dogs on the beach at this point, because they want don't want dogs trapping on the beach and chasing the wild birds that that nest there. So my point is, you know, so many people just think they can do whatever they want now. And I think you're seeing it across the board in a lot of different ways. I know it's a long entry here, but uh, I think it's important to get out there. So, of course, I told them, and I said, yeah, you know, no dogs on the beach. If the ranger sees you, you're going to get a ticket. And uh, I just I just stood there. So, I, you know, I, I kind of – I was a little bit of a jerk, but you know what? They deserve to be jerks, you know. The signs are there. You know, it's a great beach. Don't ruin it. They, they, the workers do a great job. I talk to them all the time. I really appreciate the state workers that do their jobs here and they try to do it for everybody, but we got, we got to really cut when we, I think there's a new, there should be a new movement. When you see somebody being a jerk, you got to stand up and say something. If you see, say something, say something. And it means about being a jerk. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I'll leave it at that. (laughs) Did they, did they leave? Oh no. The mass people, um, they, um, they got in their van and then they 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 closed the windows and sat there for like an hour hour oh no you know they were they were like camping type people so i i love camping people but are you kidding me i mean uh it was really funny i had to go to the men's room so i had to walk past their car by vehicle by a by a parking space and the guy was on the phone as soon as he saw me he like did a, a, a 180 the other way i mean i don't know if they're new to florida but they're gonna have they're going to be very busy running away from people for however long they're down there. Yeah. Well, the way the world is, you're Thank going to get you, Massachusetts. Thank you for sending those people here. Just what we needed. Thank you. Keep them home, right? Keep them keep, there. Keep them on their beaches with the mask on. Maybe, maybe even a whole tent over their head or something like that. Just, just, you know, have some common sense people. I know there's flu out there, but, I think we can all survive. Everybody I know got sick or didn't get sick, but they're healthy. You know, let's let's work on some. I will give them credit for this. At least they were on the beach walking. At least they're trying to get some vitamin D. That's important. Yeah. Well, same, same neck of the woods, that Massachusetts area. What what in the world are the Red Sox doing or not? Oh, uh, I, 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 I'll, I'll be short here because I'll let the other guys go. But uh, it's a clown show. Hein balloons. I've said it for years. 
Um, I know Tom Werner and I like Tom personally, you know, he's kind of a nice guy, but he's a little goofy, you know, he, he stepped in it with Cosby, you know, he had a great other partner who helped him and become a zillionaire. He buys the Padres, he sells off the Padres. My first, my first um, meeting with Tom Werner was pretty simple. Um, He comes in and uh, he's owner of the team and we have our press conference and again, I like Tom to some degree, but he's, you know, he's, he's Tom. And uh, so he, so I might've been me or any other writer. I said, how do you think you're going to do as owner of the Padres? And the Padres were getting a little bit better back then. You know, we're talking early nineties or whatever it was. And um, he goes, Oh, I think I'm going to do really good as an owner because I won my fantasy league. Bang. Uh, there you go. Uh, he's a fantasy league guy. Him and War- and Henry, what they're doing to that that proud fan. But again, you know what? Red Sox fans deserve it. You know, they went too far in the pink hats and not really understanding baseball and getting rid of good baseball people in that organization that I knew for years. I liked Larry Lachino. He Larry was a tough taskmaster, but he knew what he was doing for, for the most part. And what they're doing now, um, again, Bogart should have been signed Devers should have been signed. All these guys should. You got to identify your real talent and sign them. It's not that hard. It's not that hard. And Doesn't Henry own the the soccer now too? Maybe. Oh yeah, he's got he's got everything. He's got they, it might be penguins. They own a lot of things, and God bless them. They uh, they know they, you know they're tapped into that. But if you're a Red Sox, I tell you what, they've made life easy for Tom, uh, Cashman. Cashman can screw up and make all the mistakes in the world, right. and he's going to still get in the playoffs no matter what. So that's my thought on that. What do you think of the Bogarts movement, not re-signing him, Sal or Will? Should have been signed two or three years ago. <laughs> yeah, and, he should, and he should have been you know, signed, Will, right? For, yeah, you know. Uh, you know for something that's good for his career yeah. and also is good for the Red Sox, not on well, 11-year deals when you're 30 or whatever the hell. Going back to where you were early, Kevin, and you talked about Judge and – you talk about a Bogarts, not only the talent on the field, but who they are as a person and their leadership in your clubhouse. Absolutely. And 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 Stevie Wonder could see that. And and you make that evaluation and you sign them before it gets to free agency. You know, my gosh, you, you, it, 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 it it is what it is. I, I you know, I. You know, you, your article is dead on, and it's it, it's not good for the game. Does Atlanta have the right idea? I mean, they're signing these guys to long deals, but getting them before they're, I guess, before they even hit their prime years. Um, I'm going to say no. I don't let everybody else jump in. But first off, they are doing some good moves. Yes, they are. They're locking these guys up before their prime years, so they're ahead of the curve there. But to let the Grom slip through their fingers was a major mistake. When they gave Charlie Morton twenty million last year, I believe it was for this year, right then and there, they've made some mistakes. Yes, the, the you know the Murphy thing is an interesting trade, and it's old school in a trade at least. But um, you know they they came off a World Series year where the, the tennis was phenomenal. You know they can spend some money. They can spend some money. I think they're a little bit that ownership is a little bit shy on spending money. Surprised they haven't signed Swanson. I mean. He's been pretty solid for them, and you know that market's closing. And I don't—I'm not real sure what their options are at shortstop. I've heard Grissom. Uh, I know Ron Washington went out actually the day free agency started, and he went out on the air. And I don't know if that was by accident or choreographed. 
saying that they believe Grissom could be the shortstop of the future in Atlanta. Yeah. And I thought that was either a bad PR move or a very strategic one on Atlanta. I mean, if that's the case, if that's the case, you know, if, it's like the Yankees. I've been saying it for a while. They should just go to the young kids for shortstop. Yeah. If they are identifying that talent and going out on a limb, then I give them credit. Um, uh, and Swanson, you know, I still say he's big. He's a great player, but he's, he strikes out a ton. Too much. Yeah. Too much. And um, uh, I haven't but, seen I haven't seen a lot of Grissom, but but if they do believe he plays that, hard. Then, he plays hard, I then, that, then that is a good move because, you know, yes, you know, you may end up investing in him long term and saving a lot of money over the over the life of everything, you know, locking up Riley and Acuna and Ozzy Albies and guys like that and some of their young pitching. You know, they have a nice core that's still going to stay very competitive. Let me throw one other team out there. Um, Giants. What the hell are they doing? That The, the Farhan Z uh, guy, Zaidi, I don't know how you say it. <laughs> I, uh, I don't know. I don't know. They, he came uh, in. All the young writers, by the way, all the young writers, oh, this is one of the smartest guys ever in baseball. But yeah, he's MIT. I get it. He is smart, way smarter than me. Yeah. Uh, what, the, what What are they doing? They have no plan. How, how could you be, have such a great, uh, again, a great fan base, uh, a ballpark? Yeah, there, there is some issues with being in San Francisco, um, you know, tax-wise and everything else. That's another thing we never get into. But DeGrom, you know, he going to Texas – Saves on taxes and things like that. He knew what he was doing, and uh, uh, but what this, what they're doing, and again, I get back to my original thought: conveyor belt of talent. Where is it? Where's that conveyor belt? The it's conveyor belt. It's, yeah, it's, is it the same guys who who we saw the video recently of the baggage handlers throwing crap all over the place? Is that where the conveyor belt is in baseball right now? It's the uh... To me, it's the big sham that a lot of the young GMs and Harold Reynolds talks about it. You know, um, it's like they're cultivating uh, baseball America prospects that they can tell their owner, just think how good we're going to be when they all get there. And then only half of them get there and only one of them is actually good. The other ones are just fill-in type players and they just keep perpetrating the same mantra and the owners buy it. Um, Seven-year plans. Seven-year plans. It's it's, it's, uh, down the road, down the road, down the road. We're developing this new product that's going to make us money. But, you know, you know who suffers? It's the fans who are paying a lot of money to go watch really bad teams that don't do anything to get better at the major league level. And, and I see it in football, and uh, my child will address this because he knows you know, the lacrosse, the football, all that stuff so well. But I see it in football where I'll watch a weekend of football, and I told my wife, I told Mrs. A and B S before the Giants game, I said, this is reality Sunday for the Giants. They're going to get their butts kicked. And, of course, they did. But, but teams try hard, and they turn teams around. Certain teams do, you know. There's been a lot of turnaround this year in, in football. It's good to see. And as a fan – that keeps you interested in the game. Just fans, well, you know the the, the the coach with the Lions, the Giants coaches, the Jets coaches. You yes. know, you can see those teams at least moving in the right direction, and and signing and bringing in talent to get better and developing the talent that they have. I, I, you know, sometimes I just sit back and watch and shake my head. 
guys, uh, football, they're always evaluating the roster. Um, you know, uh-huh. you hear you hear stories about it, but if you talk to anybody who's played, you know, watch a game that's out of hand one way or another, and you will see the special teams guy still sprinting down the field to try to be the first guy down because they film everything and they evaluate everything. I have a one of my clients has been trying to catch on. He had a tryout with the Colts. The guy told him we are uh, we are constantly evaluating our roster. We never stop having tryouts. We never stop looking at getting better. And just look at the examples we've used to talk about guys not running to first base. You don't see that in football ever. No. You know that's I'm not just like football doesn't do everything right, but. When you look at the concept of these guys are competing probably every day, whether it's in the classroom, the meeting room, or on the field, um, they always are competing, and there's always someone ready to take their job. You know, watch baseball. That's that's obviously not happening from the fat guys to the guys that are lazy to the nonsensical injuries. And we could talk about other injuries in football too, but that's a different question or a different issue. But – you know, that's the one thing that you cannot criticize football for. They are always looking at getting better. Absolutely. So, you know, could you imagine the injuries we'd have in baseball if if uh, if football player effort at 110 percent was c- connecting with the with the lackadaisical joggers in baseball? I mean, my gosh, <laughs> put them out, guys out on a football field. Could you imagine how many of them would get hurt? Yeah. Just now going they, through the motions. They've cut their training preseason, but you don't see that lack of effort during no. the year. Look, look at no. the three guys, and I think you commented on this, Kevin, on, on Twitter. Look at guys like Michael White with the Jets and then Brock Purdy now with the Niners. These are third-string guys that are getting opportunities right now. And it's uh, I think it's a testament to not just talent evaluation because those guys stepped in ready to play. Yeah. But also their resiliency as, as young men to say, hey, I'm going to just keep grinding it out and sticking it here. And then if it comes, I'm going to be ready. Unlike, you know, we went through that with, with a kid like Kaepernick way back when, who, you know, is doing what he's doing now with, with all the, uh, you know, the, I guess the antics on in the media, but uh, thoughts on that with the NFL. I mean, we don't see that a lot in baseball right now. Is that lack of depth? Is it lack of development? Um, well, certainly lack of development. I mean, development uh, and, and, and the development people, you, you see what teams can develop and we bring, you know, uh, uh, those teams excel, and you see it. It's, it's there. It's there. You know, what, well, you know, one of the other things in baseball is, is I think it's a combination of all of those. It's a lack of depth. It's a lack of development. But then it's also a lack of giving kids opportunities Absolutely. Uh, in, in, in the big leagues and because giving them true so many, opportunities. So many, not, the kids they sign higher, they want to push up. Yeah, you know, not, you know, not a two-week – you know, not a two-week, uh, you know, he only hit 230, let's send them out. If you're going to call somebody in the big leagues, you got to live with them for a half a season. Give them the opportunity to become comfortable playing at the highest level against the best players. Then, then you say, well, he's not quite ready. But, you know, the way they shuttle guys back up and down is not good because players lose confidence in themselves when they continually get shuttled. And they're not given a true opportunity. Well, you hit on something that I wanted to address anyway in confidence. How do you think the Red Sox players now are thinking about Heim Bloom? Are they going, are they going to go through the wall for this guy? No. It's the same thing that Cashman has is, is battling a little bit internally, although he's getting some veterans now who will 
you know, guys that are smart enough like Rizzo and obviously Judge uh, to, to get it done. But if he doesn't make the commitment to the young players, at some point the players give up. And that's why I, I want to bring up Purdy real quick. You watch Purdy for five minutes, and I know I'm a baseball guy, but I'm a football guy too. I covered the NFL for many years. I know what I'm looking at. And um, Purdy has an unbelievable – like it caught me watching the game the other day that he has a he has that – that sixth sense of of, of of avoiding hits. Yeah. So I think Mike White is a tough guy, but he's got to really figure it out where he doesn't get crushed like he's getting crushed. But Purdy, I watched him closely, and he he he's very athletic and 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 again, Sal can address this, but he has a lightness to his feet and a movement that's very important that quarterbacks should have. And I think you're starting to see a separation with certain quarterbacks now. Uh, with that, but I I don't know if Sal watched that game, but I was super impressed with Purdy, and you saw his parents, you saw his structure, his family structure. Um, this guy, I think the you know going back to um, uh, Lynch, you know I know Lynch from when he played. I covered him in Denver. I knew his father was his father was the uh, owned the radio station that I worked for in San Diego, John Lynch, and he. Um, that, 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 he knows football players, and that's a, just a, 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 another great example of it. Well, I think you know we're, we've gotten away from in baseball and uh, football. The the, the um, we've gotten away from what guys do in games, and we're we're seduced, or not we, but the powers that be are seduced by the combine numbers. I mean, combine, 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 great, but the the combine is t-shirts and shorts without pressure, without anything, and you're so scripted you know these kids have been doing these drills you know you have 12 year olds that are doing the drills they're doing at the combine so you know the combine has become meaningless and and guys are not looking at enough film in my opinion they're looking at too much combine stuff and not enough film well same things happen in baseball to some degree the combine uh, you know i i understand why you would bring guys in as a combine like they're doing a little bit but but you know give me the guy that can hit all right or give me the guy that can get people out in big situations, I, you know, it, it is, that's a great point. Cause all you, all I had to do was watch literally five minutes of Purdy moving in the, in, in the pocket and stuff like that. And I said, wow, this kid gets it. This kid gets it. He's going to find his receivers. And they talk about his confidence. Well, he's confident because he knows what he's doing. It's really that simple. And well, uh, you know what I, what I will say good about scouting, that's good development. What I would say about Purdy too, is he has a pretty good guy to watch as far as, uh, Garoppolo I think he does those things pretty well I think you know not I'm not excusing anybody's performance but when you have a guy I think again that's where these teams make mistakes and you know you've heard Peyton Manning and Aikman talk about it you know walking into a situation where they're made the guy automatically uh, if you don't have a good enough team around them then I don't think they get on the development track they should be versus the guy who could sit behind or at least have someone on the team that can mentor him. I think those are the other things that I don't know how much we uh, fans realize it, but I think that's, that's a huge part of it. Well, that's why you see Wilson with the Jets. Are, are any of us surprised that Wilson with the Jets lost his job? No. You could see early on that he was more into being whatever he was, you know, uh, you know, star instead of being a player, a quarterback. Well, they cling to one Twitter throw that he did, and that was um... – Running to his left, throwing a fifty-yard bomb, and that's that's really what he got kind of kind of got signed on. Yeah, and you know, uh, well, you got something you want to add? 
Well, yeah, just just to segue into uh, you know what what we're talking about, and I shared this with Dave before we got on the air last week. I do it every year, uh, a workout at a nice indoor facility, and um, uh, we had about thirty kids there. Um, we did combine stuff, but we wanted to do live pitching with the hitters. Um, and we, we asked the pitchers, do you want to throw bullpens or throw to hitters? My answer as a former pitcher is I always wanted to face hitters. I wanted to show people that I knew how to pitch, but we live in the Twitter world of what you just said, Dave, a guy grunting and farting and throwing a pitch at 97 that had nothing to do with getting a hitter out versus me competing against a guy who is also a talented guy and getting him out, maybe striking him out and going, wow, this guy's got good stuff. He's aggressive. He attacks hitters. He's not afraid to throw the ball over the plate. He's got some feel for what he wants to do out there. All the things that are shown to me in a game, it's not shown to me in a bullpen session, you know, take it across the white line was the old saying, you know, I mean, I had pitching coaches that go, you know, when I was struggling, you know, you're fine. Take it out across the white line. Yeah, no, I agree. We talked about that. I, I thank that opportunity for how I got signed. Hank Caputo, Jack Joyce, they had those camps like you're trying to help out young men and gave us a choice. Do you want to hit in the cage or do you want to hit live? And, Five foot ten, 165 pounds on a good day for me as a switch hitter. I said, put me up live because I'm, you know, I'm a pedestrian BP hitter. If you like it moving around, I'm there. Um, but if you want, I want to, I want you to see me battle. And, yeah, yeah. and that was it. I think kids are so afraid of being exposed nowadays and they can't, you know, we talk about choreographing. They can choreograph Twitter. They can choreograph Instagram, TikTok, and they can redo it and erase it. When you're live, you can't redo that. And that's okay. I mean, I think that's how kids get better. You know, you expose weaknesses, you, you know, learn to turn those mistakes to principles and then you grow. And that's right. Well, the problem is, is we have the Twitter world and it's not going away. Sal, you had something you wanted to grab. Well, you know, this goes to the injury. You know, we've talked about injuries. You know, you were talking about developing uh, players and then guys wanting to do things that uh, to show their talent that isn't what happens or, or isn't what they do in a game. There's a strength coach on in the, in the Instagram world that's got some a real good following, and he has spent I can't tell you how many posts talking about his bench press and other chest development program for his quarterbacks, and yet there wasn't one quarterback that bench pressed at the last combine. So right there is just a, an exercise in idiocy. And no one calls him out. And no one, everyone's like, oh, good job. And I went on and made a comment about why bother with the bench press when it has nothing to do with anything in any sport, especially for a quarterback. And, you know, you would have thought I insulted somebody's mother. Everyone is so, you know, uh, intent on defending the status quo. And that brings me to my next point about the injury last night that Kyler Murray suffered uh, in, in, um, in the Monday night game. Clear non-contact, on grass, open field, uh, cuts. It's the classic posture. Foot in the ground, rotating away from your base, and the, and the knee goes. So a guy, put on, a guy with a pretty good following on Instagram made the case and made the comment that we've talked about here that it's time to rethink 
what's being done. And when you have programs that overdevelop the quad and they get into the, the minutia, this is what you get. And everybody jumps on him. Everyone's telling him he needs to show the proof of what he's saying when it's clear that the people who are the defenders of the status quo need to justify what they've been doing. Because we now have the pile of bodies to point to as an indictment of the methods that they're using and they're still promoting. And the, the new person shouldn't be the one that's being questioned. The new, the new person should be welcomed and engaged, not told that they have to prove what they're saying before we could put it into practice, because what's being done is is not working. Yeah. No, I think and I think we have to keep holding people accountable for that stuff, because social media allows anybody with an email to say whatever they want, when they want. And um, it becomes almost a matter of helping people understand disinformation from misinformation. There's a lot of intentional stuff out there, but there's stuff that's just ambiguous that people can't tell the difference right now. Um, how, how good are you guys jumping on the Deion Sanders thing right now? Deion to Colorado. I like it. I, you know, I like Dion. I like a lot of things that he says. Um, you know, I've seen some of the videos of the things he's telling his kids about accountability, uh, about nobody owes you anything. You got to earn things. Uh, that's the way he grew up. I talked to people in Florida that saw him as a kid play high school football and basketball and baseball, and uh, he was driven. He had a why to be the greatest Deion Sanders he could be, and he he ended up doing it at a high level in two two different sports, and one of them he ended up in the Hall of Fame. Those can't be bad qualities. No, I, I think I think it's great. How will he? And, and Sal, if you've taken it another direction, that's fine. How, how will he operate in this bigger setting? Jackson, uh, you know, Jackson State, HBCU. He got support in terms of letting him be him. Didn't get the financial support he needed. Um, in fact, he was given money to his assistants to help pay them at the place. I don't know if people know the the environment down there, but the water quality was so bad this year in that city that sometimes those kids had to bathe in pools. Um, so there was a lot of adversity there. They certainly didn't treat him you know, like the Hall of Famer. I was looking for all these people with, you know, you see all these celebrities giving money to USC and big time. I would love to see one of them give money to Jackson State to keep him there. Right. HBCUs. But, um, you know, Colorado, uh, he jumped in, he big speech uh, talking about the, you know, he's bringing his luggage, he said, with the transfer portal. So, Sal, what, do you, what are your thoughts on Dion? Oh, I think it's great. And I think it, it goes to um, – the heart of the problem in a lot of these professions, but especially pro football with this, you got to have a certain um, uh, lineage before you can get a head coaching job. Look at the ridiculous comments that uh, Bill Cower made because they hired a former player to coach a football team. You know, the guy's not digging, putting his hands in someone's chest and doing heart surgery or, or doing a, a brain surgery. He's coaching a football team. You know, these guys want to make it the football players at some or football coaches at some level are the ultimate complexifiers. They want to make it mystical. They want to make it difficult because they want to prove how smart they are. And at the end of the day, they're still coaching the same stuff. The youth and the high school coach is coaching. Watch Hard Knocks. If you didn't know what the coach was yelling at, it, it could be appropriate for a school. It could be appropriate for a high school, a college, a youth program they do the same stuff at all the levels so I think it's great I think more players if more players did this the sport would be better uh 
a lot of guys would have a lot more fun playing uh, because you'd have guys who went through it and know what what's miserable about it and what could be changed and what's necessary and what's not. So I think it's a great hire. I only I'm actually surprised Colorado has been such a nightmare. I'm surprised he couldn't get a better job, to be honest with you. Yeah, I think with um, so he was up for the Auburn job and you get a school like Auburn who wants you to be about Auburn. You know, they want guys to come in and Auburn's got to lead the way. A school like Colorado, they haven't been relevant for a couple decades now. Um, and I think him coming in as the face of that, um, bringing in transfers, uh, but it's going to be the Deion Sanders show. And I think that's probably better suited for him. I think it scared Auburn a ton. But, um, Will, go ahead. You wanted to jump in. Well, just, you know, uh, he's a Hall of Fame football player. My, my brother and I talk about this. Uh, people don't want to listen to John Smoltz and Cal Ripken talk about baseball. Uh, they have all these other people, you know, like if if you want to go get a have a heart surgery, you want to go have a heart surgery from a guy who's done it and been extremely successful. If you want to invest money, you might want to talk to Warren Buffett, not, you know, the guy that's hanging out on the corner. I, you know, I, 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 I don't know why. You know, a lot of guys make so much money now in professional sports that they don't want to coach. But guys that do want to coach and give back and help players get better, they bring a wealth of wisdom and and, and winning attitude and all the other things back to their game. That should be heralded, not criticized. Yeah, there's there's definitely a protection at the top with people wanting to be a certain route to a certain ending. And as Sal mentioned with Cower, I was a little disappointed with that, but certainly understand, understand the protectionism of, you know, the, the head coaching position, but I agree. Well, there's, there's, there's a lot of good knowledge out there and, and, uh, in all sports, we talk about baseball all the time that is being pushed aside right now and it's not being accounted for. And that's, that's a shame uh, without a doubt. Well, I, we, we've, we've been on almost 40 minutes now. Wanted to kind of get your guys thought, bring it back to baseball. Um, what, what was the, the, the best move and the, or the worst move you saw over the, the break here with, with MLB? Uh, well, for, you know, for me, I, th- I think the worst move was Boston letting Xander Bogarts leave. Um, you know, cause it, 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 it fills a huge, huge or, or leaves a huge void for them. Uh, you know, the best move, you know, probably, politically for the Yankees to get to the judge deal done. Um, you know, I like what Texas has done, you know, bringing Bruce Bochy in. I like what, you know, not only, not only on the field in the dugout, bringing Dayton Moore in, bringing uh, uh, Maddox over to be the pitching coach, a bunch of guys who've been extremely successful in major league baseball and then signing, Haney and signing uh, DeGrom, uh, you know, to go along with the other things they've done. You know, I think Texas has an Ivy League guy running the team now, but that Ivy League guy pitched in the big leagues for a long time. Also knows knows where where baseball wisdom comes into play big time. He's also a good basketball player, too. Yeah, exactly. Very good. Yeah. Sal, what about you? I mean, you're, you're, you're right around the Mets. They spent a lot of money. Do they get any better? Well, you know what? I, I, it's, it's hard. I don't know. Maybe as an older guy who's been 
through so many ups and downs with rooting for teams. You know, I love DeGrom. It was much watch TV, but when you're looking at his, his injury history and, you know, the, AC, uh, the uh, UCL repair isn't forever and he's already had problems with durability, um, I'm actually sad to see him go, but I'm glad that the Mets had that money to sign you know, a Verlander and, you know, out of two years, it's a lot of money, but you're not, you know, you're not sold to him for five years or, and I think that was a good move. And I'm not of the, I don't mind either way spending money. It's not my money. You know, if the price goes up too much on the cable system, I'm not, I'm not going to pay for it. So I don't care about that. I just want them to compete and you want them to do things that look positive. I think they're trying to get players that fit, um, the team, not just going out and signing across the board. You know, I asked you guys about the Japanese pitcher, which I didn't know much about, who I didn't know much about. That seems like a good move. I'm excited that you're, you that we have Verlander in for two years. You know, that's a, a fun thing in the area, and it'll kind of fill a void. Yeah, no, I like I like what Dombrowski did with the Phillies. I like bringing in Trey Turner. I think he he uh, just keeps making that team team better. Um, so I'm, I'm a big fan of how, how they operated this offseason. He's obviously a Hall of Famer. Um, he's won at every stop. And he, he has an interesting philosophy. I, I, I was surprised to hear him say it the other day. He said he kind of goes with the lack of a better way of saying it, the stars and the didn't say scrubs, but he said the, the lower priced younger guys with development, but he wants to win with stars. He thinks that's the way it's done in MLB. So, well, guys, great to have you back. Um, We've actually got a special doubleheader today. We have Rick Cerrone with Baseball Digest coming on with Real Voices later on today uh, for episode 92. Uh, not the catcher, Rick Cerrone, the editor-in-chief of Baseball Digest, so we're excited to have him. Uh, we also are going to have some new partners coming up in the new year with Brighteon. we got Brighteon TV, Brighteon Radio, Brighteon Social, and Brighteon.com, not to be redundant. Um, we'll be partners with them uh, with, with doing some things with This Is The Way Sports Network on their, their platform. Uh, so we will still be here, but if you, if you enjoyed the show today, uh, as our, our audience has, please like us, follow us, download and subscribe. We've got a great response, but good to have you back guys. Great to be back. Um, Dave, can I add, uh, Mark and I, uh, on our common sense pitching are going to have uh, hall of fame writer, Tracy Ringles be on. That's right. Yes. We have Tracy coming on later this week. So. And, uh, of course, Sal's show will be on uh, tomorrow. Um, new, new time and new, new day. So, and we'll have some we'll have some new members to our team as well coming up in the new year. So, we're excited. We're growing. Um, but uh, good to have you guys back, and we look forward to our our next show with panel of resident experts next week. And then uh, Real Voices will come on right after this. Thanks, guys. See you guys. <laughs>